All you positive heads out there, thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life? Well, that's another. Which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the reflection and extension of you who will be here each Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness changemaker and on the other four weekdays, leading the way to ensure that your perspective is consistently expanded, your vibration is constantly elevated, and your heart is overflowing and full. Also, this episode of the Positive Head Podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online, and you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. All right, all you positive heads, welcome back to another episode. Here we go again. So grateful to be here with you all. Hope you are making magic wherever and whenever you are. I am going to continue my dive, deep dive into reading the poetic, beautiful, uh, wise uh, book, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. I started a week, two weeks ago with episode 476, then yesterday, uh, picked back up, read a few chapters, and uh, we're going to continue with that today. So, hope you guys have been enjoying that. Also, playing uh, the album John Z, uh, I'm sorry, Rice Boy Sleeps by John Z and Alex as background music. It's such a poetic, beautiful um, book, and I feel like this album is a great accompaniment. So, hope you all are enjoying it, and I'm just going to jump right in. Why not? Right? Right? Right. Here we go. Oh, and by the way, for those of you who haven't caught any of the other episodes, so um, The Prophet was written by Khalil Gibran, I want to say in the around 1920s or so, and it's such a, a beautiful poetic book. It's about a guy who is, uh, you know, very wise. They call him The Prophet, essentially. Uh, that's what the, the title is referring to him as, a very wise soul who is trapped on this island for a long period of time, and uh, one day his ship comes finally that he's been waiting for to take him back to his homeland and as he is making the journey uh he sees the ship coming from you know mountaintop and as he's making the journey to the to the sea to catch his ship all the townspeople are stopping him asking him questions and you know leave us with a last bit of wisdom before you go and so that's what you're hearing is questions uh on the street as he's making his way to his um to his uh, ship so yeah that gives you a little context here and this chapter each chapter is 
a different uh, theme and title. And so I'll stop and, and maybe in some cases I'll speak a little bit in between chapters on what my, my takeaway was from each chapter. So this one is uh, titled Buying and Selling. And a merchant said, speak to us of buying and selling. And he answered and said, to you, the earth yields her fruit and you shall not want if you but know how to fill your hands. It is in exchanging the gifts of the earth that you shall find abundance and be satisfied. Yet unless the exchange be in love and kindly justice, it will but lead to some to greed and others to hunger. When in the marketplace, You toilers of the sea and fields and vineyards, meet the weavers and the potters and the gatherers of spices. Invoke then the master spirit of the earth to come into your midst and sanctify the scales and the reckoning that weighs value against value. And suffer not the barren-handed to take part in your transactions, who would sell their words for your labor." To such men you should say, come with us to the field or go with our brothers to the sea and cast your net for the land and the sea shall be bountiful to you even as to us. And if there come the singers and the dancers and the flute players, buy of their gifts also for they too are gatherers of fruit and frankincense and that which they bring though fashioned of dreams as remnant and food for your soul. And before you leave the marketplace, see that no one has gone his way with empty hands For the master spirit of the earth shall not sleep peacefully upon the wind till the needs of the least of you are satisfied. Yeah, I love this. This is such a great uh, insight. Unless the exchange be in love and kindly justice, it will lead to greed and others to hunger. What is the intention of what you're buying and selling and how can you approach it? Not so much as how can I, you know, how often do we approach situations? I know I've done plenty of it, having a long history in sales in my in my professional life. It's like uh, I can think back and, you know, how often in the past and using my skills to to get, you know, get a better deal essentially, right? Into, into, but, but at what cost? You always have to ask at what cost. And whenever you're approaching anything with in your heart, I want this to be a fair interaction for whoever and whatever uh, I'm doing here. And if instead of what's in it for me, know that what's in it for you is what's What's good for you is good for them because they're always, they're extensions of self. And the only one you can ever pull one over on is, is yourself because whatever you do that maybe would be deceptive in your buying and selling would be uh, only come back on you, right? And so I think that's so important once again to approach everyone and everything and look how can we, you know, as a, as a planet, I believe this is something we have to look at very closely. How can we make sure everyone is needs are taken care of. I think we'll look back in a thousand years and just be, you know, it'll, it's kind of like we look back on slavery and certain things now and like, wow, how did we have it like that? I believe it will be much the same. How did we have it where not everyone was automatically uh, taken care of just as a birthright? And, uh, we're getting there. We'll get there. And we have some, some work to, to do. And the number one thing we can all do is to bring awareness to our own interactions and how we are sort of uh, moving in the monetary world, if you will. Okay, next chapter, Crime and Punishment. 
Then one of the judges of the city stood forth and said, Speak to us of crime and punishment. And he answered, saying, It is when your spirit goes wandering upon the wind that you alone and unguarded commit a wrong unto others and therefore unto yourself. And for that wrong committed must you knock and wait a while unheeded at the gate of the blessed. Like the ocean is your God's self, it remains forever undefiled. And like the ether, it lifts but the winged. Even like the sun is your God's self, it knows not the ways of the mole, nor seeks it the holes of the serpent. But your God's self does not dwell alone in your being. Much in you is still man, and much in you is not yet man, but a shapeless pygmy that walks asleep in the midst searching for its own awakening. And of the man in you would I now speak. For it is he and not your God self, nor the pygmy in the mist that knows crime and the punishment of crime. Oftentimes I have I heard you speak of one who commits a wrong as though he were not one of you, but a stranger unto you and an intruder upon your world. But I say that even as the holy and the righteous cannot rise beyond the highest which is in each one of you, so the wicked and the weak cannot fall lower than the lowest which is in you also. And as a single leaf turns not yellow, but with the silent knowledge of the whole tree, so the wrongdoer cannot do wrong without the hidden will of you all. Like a procession, you walk together towards your God self. You are the way and the wayfarers. And when one of you falls down, he falls for those behind him, a caution against the stumbling stone. A, and he falls for those ahead of him, with who, who though faster and sure of foot, yet remove not the stumbling stone. And this also, though the word lie heavy upon your hearts, the murderer is not unaccountable for his own murder. And the robbed is not blameless in being robbed. The righteous is not innocent of the deeds of the wicked. And the white-handed is not clean in the doing of the felon. Yea, the guilty is oftentimes the victim of the injured. And still, more often than the condemned is the burden bearer for the guiltless and unblamed. You cannot separate the just from the unjust and the good from the wicked. For they stand together before the face of the sun, even as the black thread and the white are woven together. And when the black thread breaks, the weaver shall look into the whole cloth, and he shall examine the loom also. If any of you would bring judgment, the unfaithful wife, let him also weight, weight the heart of her husband in scales and measure his soul with, with measurements. And let him who would lash the offender look unto the spirit of the offended. And if any of you would punish in the name of righteousness and lay the axe unto the evil tree, let him see to its roots. And verily he will find the roots of the good and the bad, the fruitful and the fruitless, all entwined together in the silent heart of the earth. And you judges who would be just, what judgment pronounce you upon him who thought, who though honest in the flesh, yet is a thief in spirit? What penalty lay you upon him who slays in the flesh, yet is himself slain in the spirit? And how prosecute you him who is in action is a deceiver and an oppressor, yet who also is aggrieved and outraged? And how shall you punish those whose remorse is already greater than their misdeeds? Is not remorse the justice which is administered by the very law which you would fain serve? Yet you cannot lay remorse upon the innocent, nor lift it from the heart of the guilty. Unbidden shall it call in the night. 
that men may wake and gaze upon themselves. And you who would understand justice, how shall you, unless you look upon all deeds in the fullness of light, only then shall you know that the erect and the fallen are but one man standing in twilight between the night of his pygmy self and the day of his God self, and that the cornerstone of the temple is not higher than the lowest stone in, the found, in its foundations. Yet again, so much wisdom, right, from such a long time ago, almost 100 years ago, this this guy understanding how it's all connected, it's all one. You know, we're so quick to judge. Uh, you know, judge not lest ye be judged. Uh, the Bible says, to quote from some more, even more ancient text, and why, why, what is it saying at, saying there? What is it getting at? It's like, when you fully understand the full picture, if you could see the full picture, I always say, if you could fully understand everything thing that's transpiring in this world, you would understand that it is a perfectly woven web where everything and everyone, it's all happening in divine timing and in divine order with that soul's um, calling, with that soul's um, karmic destiny, with that soul's chosen path. Everyone, all the wrongdoers out there, based off their view of the world, they're acting uh, rationally right? Based off of the things that they've experienced, the based off where they're at in their own soul's evolution. I talk, you know, quite a bit about the, the, the concept of reincarnation, which I, you know, subscribe to. And, and, uh, you know, so let's take that into account. What's really going on when we stretch across time and space and, you know, what, what you're judging someone else for, you may have been doing in your last life, you know, just because we've got to be so careful on this path where we're all at. Those of us tuning into this sort of broadcast and resonating with higher vibrations more often than not uh, at this point in our soul's journey. We've got to be very careful not to look down upon anyone who is not. That's a very uh, a pitfall that happens that I feel like every spiritual seeker must confront and deal with is that sort of spiritual narcissism and judgment. You know, uh, I, I believe our level of judgment is equal equal to our level of ignorance ultimately and it's a testament to that and so as uh as we begin to remove judgment and to see things more holistically it brings peace as well so yeah moving right along laws then a lawyer said but what of our laws master and he answered you delight in laying down laws yet you delight more in breaking them like children playing by the ocean who build sand towers with constancy and then destroy them with laughter. But while you build your sand towers, the ocean brings more sand to the shore. And when you destroy them, the ocean laughs with you. Verily, the ocean laughs always with the innocent. But what of those to whom life is not an ocean and man-made laws are not sand towers, but to whom life is a rock and the law a chisel with which they would carve it in their own likeness? What of the cripple who hates dancers? What of the ox who loves his yoke and deems the elk and deer of the forest stray and vagrant things? What of the old serpent who cannot shed his skin and calls all others naked and shameless? And of him who comes early to the wedding feast and when overfed and tired goes his way saying that all feasts are violation and all feasters law breakers. What shall I say of these save that they too stand in the sunlight but with their backs to the sun? They see only their shadows and their shadows are their laws. And what is the sun to them but a caster of shadows? And what is it to acknowledge the laws but to stoop down and trace their shadows upon the earth? 
But you who walk facing the sun, what images drawn on the earth can hold you? You who travel with the wind, what weather vane shall direct your course? What man's law shall bind you if you break your yoke but upon no man's prison door? What laws shall you fear if you dance but stumble against no man's iron chains? And who is he that shall bring you to judgment if you tear off your garment yet leave it in no man's path? People of Orphalese, you can muffle the drum and you can loosen the strings of the lyre, but who shall command the skylark not to sing? That was a short one and, uh, you know, it's one of those things, how many people are so caught up on the laws, you know, I think of my own father comes to mind, you know, being very religious. It's the laws of the land. There's got to be rules. There's got to be rules. You know, whenever we get on spiritual topics, you need, you know, basically you need this, this God judging you, right? <laughs> it's how he, he sort of correlates it. And it's like, uh, the meanwhile, we look at the laws and as one I referenced, you know, um, earlier it's like uh look when we look back at slavery that was a thing that was accepted that was a law you know we've changed our laws time and time and time again you know uh and it's something that will continue to change and so i think ultimately we all have to look to our own inner guidance system to what it you know what what would love do now that's the ultimate uh law to live by i would say what would you do if uh it was always you that you're bumping up against next freedom and an orator said speak to us of freedom and he answered at the city gate and by your fireside i have seen you prostrate yourself and worship your own freedom even as slaves humble themselves before a tyrant and praise him though he slays them A, in the grove of the temple and in the shadows of the citadel, I have seen the freest among you wear their freedom as a yoke and a handcuff. And my heart bled within me, for you can only be free when even the desire of seeking freedom becomes a harness to you, and when you cease to speak of freedom as a goal and a fulfillment. You shall be free indeed when your days are not without a care, nor your nights without a want and a grief, but rather when these things girdle your life, and yet you rise above them naked and unbound. And how shall you rise beyond your days and nights unless you break the chains which you at dawn of your understanding have fastened around your noon hour? In truth, that which you call freedom is the strongest of these chains, though its links glitter in the sun and dazzle the eyes. And what is it but fragments of your own self you would discard that you may become free if it is an unjust law you would abolish that law was written with your own hand upon your own forehead you cannot erase it by burning your law books nor by washing the forehead of your judges though you pour the seas upon them and if it is a despot you would dethrone see first that his throne erected within you is destroyed for how can a tyrant rule the free and the proud but for a tyranny in their own freedom and a shame in their one pride and if it is a care you would cast off that care has been chosen by you rather than imposed upon you and if it is a fear you would dispel the seed of that fear is in your heart and not in the hand of the feared verily all things move within your being in constant half embrace the desired and the dreaded, the repugnant and the cherished, the pursued and that which you would escape. 
These things move within you as lights and shadows and pairs that cling. And when the shadow face fades and is no more, the light that lingers becomes a shadow to another light. And thus your freedom, when it loses its fetters, becomes itself the fetters of a greater freedom. Once again, what he's always pointing back to here is, is that it's all reflections of the same thing, right? And the greatest deception he's saying in this chapter is, you know, freedom is the ultimate chain because when you when you only when you only value freedom and you don't see that your captivity has been part of the journey and a necessary component for you to have the experience your soul seeks to have then you don't fully understand it's always a reflection it's always a reflection and as we continue on we must continue to look as i always say the more i interact with people and things that i don't like come up or interactions i don't like i can't go long without saying mm, what is this telling me about myself what is this reflecting back part of me how does this thing that annoys me reside inside of me right as Rumi said if you were how will your mirror be polished if you are annoyed by every rub so I would start I recommend to start looking at the rubs as a gift and what they're telling you about yourself moving right along reason and passion and the priestess spoke again and said speak to us of reason and passion and he answered saying your soul is oftentimes a battlefield upon which you reason and your judgment wage war against passion and your appetite would that I could be the peacemaker in your soul that I might turn the discord and the rivalry of your elements into oneness and melody but how shall I unless you yourselves be also the peacemakers nay the lovers of all your elements your reason and your passion are the rudder and the sails of your seafaring soul if either your sails or your rudder be broken you can but toss and drift or else be held at a standstill in mid-seas for reason ruling alone is a force confining and passion unattended is a flame that burns to its own destruction therefore let your soul exalt your reason to the height of passion that it may sing and let it direct your passion with reason that your passion may live through its own daily resurrection and like the phoenix rise above its own ashes I would have you consider your judgment and your appetite, even as you would two loved guests in your house. Surely you would not honor one guest above the other, for he who is more mindful of one loses the love and the faith of both. Among the hills, when you sit in the cool shade of the white poplars, sharing the peace and serenity of distant fields and meadows, then let your heart say in silence, God rests in reason. And when the storm comes and the mighty wind shake the forest and thunder and lightning proclaim the majesty of the sky, then let your heart say in awe, God moves in passion. And since you are breath in God's sphere and a leaf in God's forest, you too should rest in reason and move in passion. What he's talking about here is, again, sort of as all these perspectives, if you notice, these are the perspectives that your higher self takes, that your God self takes. What is he doing? What is he doing with his poetic beautiful words here in this book he's aligning you he is vibrationally aligning you with source with your higher self how that higher self sees views and operates so beautiful okay i think we got at least time for one more here this one is pain and a woman spoke saying tell us of pain and he said your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding even as the stone of the fruit must break 
that its heart may stand in the sun, so must you know pain. And could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life, your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy, and you would accept the seasons of your heart, even as you have always accepted the seasons that pass over your fields. And you would watch with serenity through the winters of your grief. Much of your pain is self-chosen. It is the bitter potion by which the physician within you heals your sick self. Therefore, trust the physician and drink his remedy in silence and tranquility, for his hand Hand, though heavy and hard, is guided by the tender hand of the unseen, and the cup he brings, though it burn your lips, has been fashioned of the clay which the potter has moistened with his own sacred tears. That was a short one, and I think of uh, the, I believe it's the Japanese, uh, the Japanese ritual of taking a pot, pot speaking of pottery and clay here, uh, uh, he, uh, th- they take a broken piece of china right uh pottery and they will fill it with gold to fill in the crack and mend it and they believe this it makes it unique and beautiful and that's what your pain does right uh you know the the pain the crack is where the light enters you and that is such a beautiful beautiful thing to understand and when you're experiencing pain if you can if you can bring love to it wow what what a what a thing that is what a what a new path you've chosen to see the beauty and the pain because that's the thing that we typically are running from the most right and what if you embrace that then what do you become okay one one more i'm gonna i'm gonna push forward for one more here this is self-knowledge and a man said speak to us of self-knowledge and he answered saying your hearts know in silence the secrets of the days and the nights but your ears thirst for the sound of your heart's knowledge You would know in your words that which you have always known and thought. You would touch with your fingers the naked body of your dreams. And it is well you should. The hidden wellspring of your soul must needs rise and run murmuring to the sea. And the treasure of your infinite depths would be revealed to your eyes. But let there be no scales to weigh your unknown treasure. And seek not the depths of your knowledge with staff or sounding line. For self is a sea boundless and measureless. Say not, I have found the truth. But rather, I have found a truth. Say not, I have found the path of the soul. Say rather, I have met the soul walking upon my path. For the soul walks upon all paths. The soul walks not upon a line, neither does it grow like a reed. The soul unfolds itself like a lotus of countless petals. Wow, that's such a beautiful one. So relevant to everything that we're doing here and understanding there's so many paths back to self and source and higher self. And why would we ever judge another's path? You know, whatever that path may be, however long it may go, however off track someone may appear to you, they're right on track with their own unique one-of-a-kind experience that they've chosen in the in the game of separation and unification with themselves. <sighs> well, everyone, that's it for now. I will leave you with that, and I hope you have uh, felt as nourished in your soul as I have by these beautiful poetic words by Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. I will pick back up next time. Until next time, journey well. Also, if you're craving more consciousness-elevating content, be sure to check out Gaia, which is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web, where you can stream an incredible 7,000-plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. 
As you all hear me constantly say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to journey deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. 